Welcome back to Basketball is Religion with the Gons and Big Matt. In today's episode, we talk about the games the Gons and I saw in Las Vegas at the end of last week, the eliminated conference semifinal teams, and about the upcoming conference finals matchups. Let's get into it. Gons, you recently just saw each other about a few days ago in Vegas. Um, how was the trip on your end, and how was your, the rest of the weekend for you? I mean, I I thought it was a success, Matt. I think um, the fact that we just kind of enjoyed being out and about, getting away with some responsibilities that we have back home was nice. I made sure wherever we went, whether it was R.O. Grimes on Thursday or whether it was Marquee Pool Party, I was going to have fun no matter what. So um, I was kind of wiped by Friday night, but as anticipated, you know, two events for someone in our age, I think is pretty good. So I feel good about it. It was a quick trip, man, but I, I had fun. So I got the, the party bug out of me for at least, you know, until March for March Madness. Hope you're going this year with me. We'll see. That's next year. That's 10 months from now. So we'll see from we'll see about that. Hopefully. Um, yeah, Vegas was fun. It was definitely fun. I think with people that are our age, I hate to be I hate to sound old, but like doing that whole like Thursday night and then bleeds into Friday morning and that really that 12 hour, 14, 16 hour time span of just kind of, you know, partying if you're going to party. And then resting the, the rest of the time, we're not going as hard. And then leaving that Saturday might be like our the thing because, you know, the weekend, you know, we, it, it is safe for our families. Um, it was happy Mother's Day, by the way, uh, to all the mothers out there. But, yeah, I think it was a good it was a solid trip. Um, yeah, that's all I could really say. Because we did then we also did watch the end of game six between the Celtics and the and the um, and the Sixers. And then, of course, that game six between the Warriors and Lakers, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, let's get into it. As I said, we did watch the end of the end of game six where Jason Tatum did absolutely nothing for three quarters. And that fourth quarter decided to outscore the Sixers by by a point. Um, and then in game seven, he followed that performance up with a 50, 51 piece, 50, uh, 50 plus burger for the 76ers. The Celtics are moving on to the Eastern Conference finals. Uh, before we get to the actual matchups, let's, let's touch on all the People, all the teams that didn't make the conference finals. Um, what are your thoughts on the Sixers? What happened with the Sixers? You, you did pick them to win the the series. What happened there? I mean, they had their chance at home, man. I mean, I just they had it. They just it was just like the Lakers had to win, and they couldn't do it. Uh, it was very unfortunate, and uh, I I I knew once it came back to Boston that that was it. It's just. I don't know why. You know what's great, Matt? That home court is playing such a big deal in these playoffs. Um, I don't know if it's ever mattered more than how it has recently. Like people just the role players are playing significantly different on the road. Um, you know, aside a couple teams like the Lakers, the one one on the road, but it really makes a difference in closing out. No, it does. Like it's just crazy how we went from the bubble. There was no fans and there was limited fans. And then it just, we kind of have to rediscover that the role players really do matter. Like James Harden. Oh man. He had two great games and then just kind of had a stinker the last few games. What do you think is the issue with him? Do you think the Sixers should look to move him and bring in somebody else? Like what did the Sixers do from here? 
I mean, I know he took a pay cut, right, to to sign other players. So he's doing everything he can. I don't. He reminds me of Baron Davis on the decline. Like we know what he's capable of, and we know he can go off, but it's not going to happen most of the time. It can happen occasionally. Does that make him a reliable number two? Sure, he can be a number two. He's a solid number two. The way he's improved his passing game, been great. Uh, he adapted well, and he started to do that in Brooklyn. So I think he's a fine number two to Joel, but they got to add some other people in that mix. And I don't know if Embiid's going to wait anymore because big men don't have a long tenure of, of of being in their prime, and he's he's injury prone as we see. So he had arguably the best one of the best seasons of his career, and I mean his timeline's kind of. It's not, it's not going to be there that long. So that's that's the thing. Like, they need enough pieces. And they're stacked. They had Maxi. They had Tub Harris. So is it is that a doc thing? Or, or is it just that, Matt, when you play so many times and get so many far and fail so many times that you just got to start over, you know? That's where I think that may happen is they may just say, okay, we need to, we need to do something different. Like, how much do you – attribute this to Joel Embiid. He won the MVP this year, but his numbers in the playoffs dropped off significantly, especially the points. I think it was nine point difference between the regular season and the playoffs. Like what does Joel Embiid need to do? Cause I think he just needs to, you know, not, not rest, but like pace himself to come to go into these playoffs. He had three MVP caliber seasons, but all flamed out in the playoffs. Like he had a knee injury. Something always happens come playoff time. People call AD Frail, what about Joel Embiid? So what does Joel Embiid need to do to do better in these playoffs? That I mean, it's again with, with big men and, and injuries, especially the knees, the you know, the it's it's kind of inevitable. Yeah, he could take better care of himself, but then does he want to not play games and lose seating and then get hurt anyways, like Kawhi did? Like it's so hard to answer that now. I, the, I, the best he can do is condition and be ready to play, but his knees are always going to be sore. They're always going to be painful. It's part of what he does and being seven foot something, you know, he's an anomaly. I, I don't, I don't know. I think he may need help. I think he could still be a number one, but maybe you're right. Maybe he needs a better number two, you know, because you got Booker and Durant, arguably two number ones. So if you compare into those type of players, LeBron and AD, I think and beating Harden are behind that. So in a sense, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you move Harden. Go for someone big. I mean, I, do you have anyone in mind? Kyrie's a free agent, right? Kyrie and Kyrie and I don't see that working. He's because Kyrie's injury prone. So do you think can you think of anybody that would just dominate with Embiid that could be a number one more than so than Harden could every now and then? A name I heard floating around. This might have just been conjecture, but it was a one Damian Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers. If they're able to trade for him, uh, uh, a Lillard and Embiid team, how do you think they would do? Oof. I I don't like I, I don't like that you have the small guard and then you have the big, and they both get injured. I mean, Dame got injured a lot this season. Uh, but they still got other pieces like Maxi and Tobias Harris. I will say Dame is more of a leader, you know. That's a fact versus Harden. So, yes, 
puts them in a bet a much better shot than what they're at now. I will say that. Let's move on to the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. I believe, yeah, we also saw that game as well. It was after the Philadelphia um, and Boston game, uh, game six. Um, the Nuggets destroyed the Suns, and it was basically or almost a carbon copy of what the Mavericks did to the Suns the pre, uh, last year. The Suns lost by a little under 30 points, but Jokic took over that game, and uh, Durant and Booker kind of fell off. I think it was the fatigue factor. So if you're the Suns, you have... Durant, you have you have Booker now. You essentially lost Cam. You lost your depth in Cam Johnson and and Mikhail Bridges. Like, should the Suns look to trade like a CP3 or one of those top two teams to get deeper, or just try to run this back because they did add Durant midseason? Same situation. I don't think they're deep enough. I mean, as you brought up initially, I don't I don't know what you can do at this point. I mean, you could trade. Are you going to really get a ton back for CP3? Maybe if it's a team that's just needing that missing piece of leadership and maybe 10 to 12 points a game and five assists. I mean, that's what he's good for. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely something. Um, so maybe you could, I don't know, that, get draft picks. They need more help. It doesn't mean they necessarily have to go after a big star, but I think their scouting department has a lot of work to do this summer. And finding that hidden gem. They can find a hidden gem or two. And I think they'll be set. But they really need, you know, they need that. So it's possible. There's always hidden gems out there. There are international players. There's there's other players that could translate well to the NBA. So as long as if they can do that, they're a contender. If they can't, this roster alone's not going to be able to do it. Plus, they have to find a new coach because they they fired uh, Monty Williams, one of the better coaches in the league, I think, but he couldn't do anything with that team come playoff time, which is, again, odd because he was a coach of the year. Um, I believe it was last year. So it's you know tough. It's a tough look for, for these NBA coaches. Do well if you, you know, don't do well one season, get fired. So um, let's move on to the New York Knicks. They lost to the Heat uh, in six games. Now the Knicks, I think it was just their bad shooting. And plus, they need to do something about Julius Randle because he did not show up again in the playoffs. What do the Knicks need to do? Uh, I was rooting for them, too. Um, you know, credit to Miami. Credit to Spolstra. It's a hell of a coach. Maybe arguably the best coach in the NBA right now. Uh, Jamie Butler stepping up. I, I, I felt like the Knicks... The Knicks just, I don't know, they choked. Um, Randall didn't bring everything that he had. They played so hard during the season. They were playing so hard. They did well in the first round. It just it was a shame to see New York fans disappointed again. It would have been exciting if they made the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, but hats off to Miami. I, I don't know how you make that team better. There are a bunch of hardworking players that I would love to have on my team, including Randall. I love all those players. None of them have egos. None of them need the ball. Uh, they're perfect. Yeah, my, minus Randall, though, right? Randall is pretty pouty there at the end. Okay, maybe it was a bad look for him, but he plays very hard. He goes after loose balls, so dive on the floor. So this may be a situation where you trade a team that needs a star 
and you get a couple players that are more like maybe you go after Toby's Harris and you offer them something because Philly needs something. You need something. Maybe you go after Maxi. There are a couple of those players um, away where they they could arguably they just need some more scoring. I mean, if they trade a couple of their players for a star or a scorer, they'd be okay. I, I I still don't think they're good enough to win next season. I think they'll be the same unless something drastic happens. Yeah, another year the Brunson Hart. They have to move Randall, I think, uh, to get a, a piece that it'll better fit them. They need shooting, so they need to go after a shooter. And maybe they go after Tobias Harris or a Maxi uh, and trade Randall and maybe a, a draft pick over there. That could be a it could be a, a way out. Uh, lastly, the Golden State Warriors, the defending champions. There will be a new NBA champion this season who lost the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, game six, the Lakers blew them out, outscored them every quarter, and especially in that fourth quarter, got up closer to 20 points. Um, the Warriors, Draymond Green is on a – most likely is going to be gone. Clay Thompson, they're probably going to ask for a, um, a lowering, lowering of his contract. And Jordan Poole, it's the first year of a big extension starting next season, a four-year extension. They're paying him a lot of money. Gons, if you're the Warriors, do you try to run this back or try to retool um, now that Clay might be on the downturn and Draymond might be gone? I I think you got to run it back. I don't think Jordan Poole fits in with this team at all. I've seen Curry go off on him. I know Draymond don't like him. He's not playing the minutes that he's deserved to play. Um, and he's not producing. Jordan Poole is a steal for someone who can get the, get him. That's for a fact. Um, I also don't understand why Kaminga is not getting minutes. I'm not a hardcore Warriors fan to where I've watched him all season. But every time I've seen him come in the game, the dude's a walking bucket. And he plays hard and plays defense. So I don't know what the issue is there. Um, mainly because he couldn't shoot. That was the, the main thing. It's just like it was it was crazy how much uh, also Steve Kerr didn't have confidence in him. Plus, if you have a guy like Wiggins, whose ribs are really hurt, compar- apparently after game five and wasn't himself in game six, you kind of have to throw Kaminga in there just for to give him a physical body. But from everything I read, he just couldn't shoot. So the fact that they have no faith in him moving forward, at least you know they have to rebuild the faith in him. Do you look to trade Kaminga? Or do you look to try to rebuild him? I think at this point, he's already made it vocal to the crowd or to his fan base that he's out. I don't know about can't shoot, man. All the garbage minutes I saw him play, dude was a bucket, walking bucket, jump shoot, jump shooter, walking bucket. I mean, I pay attention to garbage. He wasn't missing. So maybe the, the game's prior, prior, but he's a strong physical body. I like Kaminga. I like Paul to be moved um, and then go after some younger assets or similar that could be more of a fit to the team, right? You got to gel well with the Warriors. And not many players can, especially if you're the type of player that's looking for your own individual success. So I think they got a good core group. I think they can make another run, but I think you can get rid of um, get rid of Pool. I think you get rid of Kaminga. Um, and who's their big? Is it still Looney? Did they what Wiseman's gone, right? Yeah, Wiseman's gone. Looney's Looney did a solid job. Let's, I mean, he, he did pretty good. So I keep Looney. I like everyone else on their team, but I think they can move those two guys and get something back for them. It's a better fit. Yeah. 
I like to think the Lakers killed their dynasty. And they started the, the, the Warriors dynasty started with beating that LeBron team. I think it was to 2015. And now it ends with LeBron James beating them in this playoffs here, 2023. Just it's just crazy how Le- shows you how how the longevity that Le- LeBron James has. Okay, so that's a send-off for all the four um West, the conference semifinals teams. We'll see you guys in the offseason. We'll talk definitely talk more about that. Let's move on to the the all the bubble teams that made the conference finals are in this season's conference finals. So it just kind of shows everyone how it's not really a fluke that those teams got in there. Um, so, yeah, so we have the uh, Boston Celtics came back from 3-2. Like I said, Jason Tatum killed it versus Jimmy Buckets and the Miami Heat. Um, we're going to start that series on Wednesday. Um, the odds for that series, let me pull up Bovada. Okay, the series odds are the Celtics are a minus 550 favorite and the Heat are a plus 420 underdog. Uh, game one, um, it has the Celtics favored by eight and a half points. Gons, who do you like in the series? Who do you like game one? It, it's a tough series, Matt, just because like Miami's not healthy. You're missing Tyler Hero, who's played phenomenal this season uh, from what I've watched in the playoff games I watched. He's three weeks away still. Duncan Robinson has been rejuvenated, and he's Duncan Robinson. I'm sorry. He's playing a lot better, a lot, lot better than he was. He was trashed for a little bit, but is it enough? Is it enough? I mean, Adebayo, not the same? I don't think so, Matt. I don't, and I think Vegas sees it the same way. Boston is just too strong right now. And uh, Butler doesn't have enough offense. He'd have to go for a 50-piece every game. A lunch Duncan Robinson starts putting up like 30 points a game or 25. I, I don't know that Lowry could do much. I'm taking, I mean, I just don't think there's enough offense there. I don't, I, as well as you can coach, uh, I give the edge to Boston here for sure. How many games? Who do you have game one? I think this is a series that Boston wins easily. I don't think this is going to drag on to six or seven. So I actually think Boston will win this in five. Eight, can they cover the eight and a half game one? Yes, I believe they. I believe they will. I think that this, of the series, like we look at the star players, look at Jason Tatum, how he came out of his cocoon in game at the end of game five and into game six. But Butler's been doing it all playoffs. And for some reason, they're in a bad offensive team throughout the regular season, but have just made their threes. Max Strews, Gabe Vincent, uh, Kevin Love, you know, solid role players. Like like you said, Duncan Robinson is finally doing well. But I think the biggest advantage that the Heat have, it's in their coaching. Eric Spolstra is quite possibly the best coach left in the playoffs. And he's going up, going up against Joe Missoula, who we're both older than Joe Missoula. No, who... yeah, and he's made some questionable decisions, with, mm-hmm. you know, with the timeout situation. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely true. So I think I'm still gonna pick the Celtics, but I'm gonna do it in seven, just because I think Spolstra could lead them to at least two victories, and then I see a Jimmy Bucket's fifty piece for one series, and then it's in Boston Game Seven. We saw how well they executed down the stretch. In that third, in that second half against the Sixers, 
as I as as much as I hate the Celtics, I have to of course give them the respect. Um, Celtics in seven for me. Let's move on to the Western Conference Finals, which starts on Tuesday the fifteenth. We have the number one seeded Denver Nuggets versus the number seven seed Los Angeles Lakers. The so Lakers and Nuggets. Who do you have in this series? Who do you have game one? Of course, I have the Lakers, Mats, and um. I would say the Lakers win in six just because I like them to win at home. I think the Lakers actually win game one. They're coming off momentum. Um, so I got them for game one as well. So it's it's like the script, like the Lakers script. Like in, in the bubble, it was lose game one, then win the next four. Um, with the, w- w- unless it was the Nuggets series, it was win game one, lose lose game two, then re- win the rest. Or I'm sorry, win first two, lose one. But regardless, uh, so you think it's going to be the same script going into this Denver series where it's the Lakers get game one, lose game two, win game three and four, lose game five, win game six? Yeah, I mean, or it can go in a, I mean, a different pattern. I just think overall they win in six. Uh, and and it, the re- here's the reason why I think they will win. LeBron has played two all-defensive players. Uh, you can laugh if you want, but Dylan Brooks was all-defense this year. Then after that, you're playing another great defensive player, Andrew Wiggins. We've seen LeBron kind of pace himself offensively because he's having two very athletic guards that are just good at defense. And we can agree that Aaron Gordon, who's matching up against him, is below that. So I think LeBron gets a little freedom here and uh, you're going to see a lot more scoring for him. The second thing is going to be, I, I, Anthony Davis, I believe is going to get Joker in foul trouble, but not so much on the road. He may get called for some offensive fouls, but at home, he definitely will. Um, so I think with hit with them being two different styles, they're both going to cause each other foul trouble. And that's only going to help us. Cause I feel like we have more weapons. Third thing. Can Bubba Murray could keep it up, or 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 was he just did he just have good matchups? Like we let's see how he does against the Lakers. They're they're a different team. And lastly, um, I think D'Angelo just has to play big. And the person that could stop him is KCP. Like KCP is he's a step slower, but he's a good defense. He's a three and D guy. Um, so with because of that, I think the Davis and the LeBron. With D'Lo stepping up um, and Austin Reeves, I think the Lakers won. Yeah, Lakers in six is what I predicted as well. Um, but look for the Lakers to double-team Jokic a lot. I know you want to see, oh, it's AD versus Jokic, but the Lakers do a very good job of rotating, especially if it's a low um, low double. Because when they doubled Curry in that game two in the Warriors series, they try to hedge him, as, a, as the analytics people call it. They they got torched, so I could see them double teaming Jokic down low just to get the ball out of his hands, make someone else beat you, right? He's the primary primary ball handler and the playmaker for that team. Like make Jamal Murray try to pass as, as opposed to like you said, Bulba Murray kind of going off. So I think with the Lakers depth too, you have Schroeder coming off the bench, you have Rui coming off the bench. Lonnie Walker was a was a was a revelation for the Lakers, but I think we see more Van, uh, Vanderbilt and Rui Hachimura this series because they're the 
the Nuggets are bigger than the Warriors are. Um, so yeah, so as far as bench guys, plus the plus the Denver bench is just Jeff Green, uh Chris um Christian Braun is this taller white guy, and then um Jeff Green and then Bruce Brown. That's it. That's the three kind of that's their eight kind of main people. I think you mean Chris Christian Braun might have less, you know, later on in the series, but for me it's gonna be who's gonna get tired first. Like it's gonna be it's the first series the Lakers are gonna play in elevation. You know, against this Denver team when they played them in the bubble, of course there wasn't any elevation. So is is AD or LeBron going to get tired? You know, they were tired the last few series. They kind of took a couple games off, but you know, are, are they going to be tired going into you know those Denver game game two or Denver game five? So that's primarily what I'm worried about for the Lakers. But again, um, with the way the, the way they've been playing with AD, kind of like you said, getting Jokic in a foul trouble, I could definitely see Lakers in six. So before we leave today, we have the game starting tomorrow. Today's kind of a rest day. Uh, Gons, is there anything you want to add before we leave today? No, man. So excited for tomorrow. And that will be it for us today. For clarification on the series lines, the Nuggets are a minus 165 favorite, and the Lakers are a plus 140 underdog. The Nuggets are favored by six points at home for game one. Well, the alternating game schedule... We'll be having games every night for at least eight straight nights. The Eastern Finals will be on TNT, while ESPN will be carrying the Western Finals. I'm officially picking the Celtics and Lakers, who will then participate in the battle for the 18th championship. Thank you for listening and for your support. Have a great rest of the week.